Donation today at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Broadcast booth in scorching already Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Yeah. And my dang intro music's not working, but it's okay, you know, because we're going to accept ourselves. We're going to be our, our own moms and dads today, and we're also going to, we're already talking about our father figures. And why did I open up with Father Figure? Well, I've got Dr. Dad here, 
Also, I have an apology for last week. I played... I, I got, did this whole wind-up, the whole culmination of the show. I had Scott Bunn on the on the program, and we were talking about... Uh, we were talking about absence makes the heart grow fonder, and we had all these examples of of art and songs and movies and music where uh, there was something missing, maybe something unintentionally or something intentionally missing. And uh, my culminating example was Father Figure, where, and I was talking all about how there's no snare drum. It's not the normal production here, right? It's just the, the, the snaps, right? No, no big uh, R&B production. More, more subdued and laid back. And what did I do? I didn't play the right song. I played One More Try by George Michael. But that's okay. Because that's a good song, too. So we got... We have... The, people said it couldn't happen. People said a show this great had gone the way of the Dodo Bird. You like when people say that? Um, but I, I said, just hold, just hold your horses because do I have a show for you? We've got, we've got a a guy who eats, sleeps and drinks mental health. Uh, let's see. He's, he's laughing there. Let let me see if I can get you on the mic. Get up on that mic and say hello there. Hello. Oh my goodness. You know that voice. (laughs) And but today it's not it's not via the phone lines. The breakout star of Race to the Bottom. My my dad, your doctor, Dr. Dad, here live in the studio. How's it going? Oh, it's it's wonderful to be here in person. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So uh and if that if that weren't enough, you you're saying, John, what you're continuing to introduce people? That that's a, that's enough for, for uh for the century, for for the ages, but it's not enough for for a show like this because on on uh, on my right, Doctor Doctor Dad's left. We have, we have Doctor Lisa here. Are you? How's that mic working for you? Um, fabulous! Oh. I am so excited to be here, and and I can't tell you how happy I am to meet your dad, and I can't tell you how stereo uh, guys. He looks, he has like this whole Sigmund Freud look. I got to tell you, he really, he looks like from central casting on uh, psychiatrists and I'm, I'm whatever. That's unusual. I ho- hope that's a compliment. So. It is. It is. It yeah. is. He, yeah. yeah. He looks, he looks like you imagine because I'm always surprised. I myself have met so many therapists and psychiatrists. And they never look like real shrinks or real psychiatrists. <laughs> Your dad's the first one, John. Okay. And and uh, because radio is a, is a visual medium, we'll describe Dr. Dad. Dr. Dad's got a, a white beard. Yeah, a white... Here, I'll tell you why I think he looks like, like Freud. He's got... Um, well, he's, you know, he's your dad. He's, you know, the age that you imagine Freud. He's got the perfect beard. Mm-hmm. He's also, like, very, like... Thin and wiry, which mm-hmm. is very unusual for a man of that age. Mm-hmm. And he also has beautiful, bright blue eyes mm-hmm. and this kind of like uh, compassionate but all-knowing 
look or vibe. <laughs> I don't know him at all. We had a lovely conversation. He seemed very, you know, he, he does seem very smart and legit and all that, but he also just superficially gives that off. <laughs> thank you for thank you for all that. It, it's a, it's a, a recent development. I um, stopped seeing people in the office and and uh, thought, well, what's the point of shaving every day? And a, a week or two later, I look at myself in the mirror, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's a, it's starting to be a beard. So I just let it grow and uh, just went with yeah. it. Do you think it makes you look more shrink like, though? Mm-hmm, probably. Have you thought about it? Yeah. Have you thought about that? I've, I've wondered. Is that a conscious or sub? Maybe that's a subconscious. Probably. Wow. Yeah. Subconscious. <clears throat> it's going to be shocking for all the uh, patients that are starting to come back one of these uh, weeks or months, and they're going to see this guy that looks about. 20 years older than he used to look with his beard. So we'll mm. see what happens. Huh. I, growing up as a, as a, as a child, as a young child of the eighties, I, I associated my dad with a mustache. Ah, I see. Um, I see. And if pe- people who, who saw the, the promo material that I, I put on, uh, the, the socials saw Dr. Dad 80s oh. style with the, with the mustache, which I really appreciated. Um, I would personally grow a mustache if my uh, wife didn't think that it, it was a like a creepster. You look like <laughs> one one looks like a creepster if if they have a mustache is kind of her philosophy. Mm. So so I'll, I'm fine. I just do my like uh, hmm. five o'clock shadow thing. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We're gonna. I want to let you guys know kind of what we're gonna do today. We're gonna. It's going to be a little bit of a freestyle, and I, I just, I've been meaning to say this for a while, and, uh, you know, we talk about hip-hop on the show, and I just want to uh, clarify something. You see these things where people say, oh, it's uh, J. Cole freestyling in the studio, or, or Black Thought freestyling in the studio, and you watch the video. These guys, they're not freestyling. I'm sorry. They're, they're reciting rhymes that they've memorized. That's not freestyling okay what we're gonna do is freestyle well i actually as i as i quibble with my definition of freestyling and then i say that we're gonna freestyle i have to pull that back because i do have a couple notes and the bulk of my notes are questions from listeners just like you and if you want to be part of the program you can also call the phone number is 718-673-8201 that's 718-673-8201, and I'll give that out again. I know sometimes people rattle off these numbers, right? And you're you're like, wait, I was going to do that. And speaking of rattling off numbers, I just want to give you one more, because now you've got your pen in hand, 718-673-8201. If you like what you hear and hear what you like, and that's I'm just stealing that from Kent Korn, whose show is before me, um, Mothers of Connection, which is a, a great show. Um, you can text on your phone RFB one two three to four four three two one. It's it's that simple. So you the number you're texting, it's like somebody's phone number, but they just have five digits. When my students used to ask me, Mr. Reed, could I get your phone number? I'd say, Yeah, sure. I'd say, What is it? I'd say five. I'd say that's not a phone number. I'd be like, Try it. I think it works can't give your kids a phone, your phone number. That's <laughs> inappropriate. 
44321 and you text RFB123. And then you can uh, you can do a, a a digital wallet donation, okay? Because because we, we need uh, we need your help. Everybody needs help, and we're going to be talking about that today. COVID wrecked our lives, not not that much. Not I mean not everyone's, but it was a it's a rough time, and it was a rough time for the studio, okay? And if you're listening on your computer, you can download the app for your phone, and uh, if you're having Medical issues where you need a, a medical brace. This is real. Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored in part by Flatland Medical Supplies, offering little or no cost medical braces. More information is available at 844-598-6639. I know got a lot of numbers floating in the air, and Dr. Dad likes numbers too, so maybe we'll get into some more numbers. But I just wanted to get that house housekeeping off the uh, table from the beginning um, and uh, and kind of set the table. So how are we doing? Great. <laughs> doing good. Um, how, was your, how was your pandemic, Dr. Lisa? Um, my pandemic had, uh, it was, you know, ups and downs. Um, I actually really found out how much I like staying home and I've really like kind of taken on taken that on my my husband actually got the virus at the very very beginning mm. and that was really intense very very intense so um once we got through that with a little help for, uh, from a couple's therapist mind you it was mm-hmm. a very stressful on our relationship uh things things got way 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 better so uh I, uh, in the long run, I'm very grateful. Do you get into like a groove with the, with the, the pandemic? Yeah. Well, I got into this thing of like staying home on the weekends and working on my art projects. And I, you know, I like doing that anyway, but I got really into it. So, uh, that's good. And I started doing comedy again. Oh, yeah. Which I hadn't done in like years. So I took a comedy class on Zoom and now I'm going to open mics. And I'm very excited about that. I got myself to do that. I got so excited about getting you on the mic that I, for- I forgot, uh, part of your, your intro. Dr. Lisa has, uh, an amazing, hilarious show here on Radio Free Brooklyn called Dr. Lisa Gives an S. I I don't I don't say the bad words on this show oh, cuz okay. I got my nephews uh, Oh good. They, yeah. They've got sensitive ears. They'll yeah. start bleeding from their ears No, they don't. Hear. Don't. Uh, <laughs> they've never heard heard what the rest of that word well, the S word. They've never heard the last four letters of that. Well, I don't want them to hear yeah. it on my behalf at all. <laughs> but uh uh, Dr. Lisa, you you give uh, you so, yeah. Tell, tell so us I'm about a your self-proclaimed damn show. psychotherapist. Um, I've been doing that for a long time. The latest, and I've been doing this radio show with radio. You know, I'm 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 a founding member of Radio Free Brooklyn. I've been on like six years. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. New shows every Thursday, two to three, and there's over two hundred, way over two hundred. Uh, episodes on the archive, including a very uh, meaningful and uh, valuable one with you, John, mm-hmm. which I'm going to post later today okay. so, on the from the archives. And I um, 
try to really uh, kind of psychoanalyze people or do some psychotherapy or try to find some insights about them. And uh, we have a great time. And you've had some, some uh, speaking of comedy, you've had some big gets recently. You had Kevin Allison on there, right? I've had Kevin Allison on. I had the um, guy that wrote, the Jace, Jason Zineman, who is the chief comedy critic for the New York Times. Yeah. And he wrote a book on David Letterman. And I was on Stupid Trek pet tricks with my bowling hamster so we had a really great chat oh great and uh i had julio torres on before he was really famous mm-hmm. he's a writer on saturday Night yeah. live el spookies and a bunch of other people i'm a comedy fan really as much as anything mike kaplan i could go on i could go on so everybody can go poke through the archives and, and find people they might know or just any episode. I've listened to some episodes with people I, I don't, you know, total strangers, but it's good. You, you get to the bottom and in each each episode is 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 like a, a therapy session, you know, has has that arc. Yeah, people I do. I feel like uh, I have being a self-proclaimed psychotherapist gives me the license to ask people kind of there whatever i want because there's no ethical boundaries like a real shrink <laughs> what do you think about that dr dad <laughs> must be nice because I, I have limitations yeah, yeah i realized because i actually <laughs> did have a couple i had a studio for a while art studio and had a couple like regular patients weekly patients and i realized the hardest part of being a real therapist is dealing with people's defenses in a way that they will return next week. And that Mm. is really hard work. And I don't really deal with that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Right. Am I right about, is that what you, would you agree with that doctor, Dan? That's uh, it's, you have to have a good relationship that holds the, holds it together when you start confronting Mm -hmm. the patient about some of their weaknesses and their flaws and their character issues. And if that's not strong enough, they'll just, never come back yeah yeah that's where that's where i fall way way short see the reason i can actually i don't like to have friends on the show i don't know these people usually or know them well when they're guests on my show so i don't have any hidden agenda when i ask them you know questions i don't know anything about them and i you know they don't have you know i make it clear you don't have to talk about anything so they are free, you know, we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not going to see each other again. There's a lot of freedom in that. Right. So, you, yeah, you got to, I mean, I know from being in therapy, what, something I, enjoy, I appreciate from a good therapist is them kind of calling me on my crap sometimes and mm-hmm. figuring out when I have inconsistencies or, or patterns that I'm not noticing. But I could see also that I could... Uh, could backfire if you push too hard too soon, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not healthy. You can trauma. I mean, it's, you could traumatize or upset somebody in a way that would be destructive, right? True. Mm-hmm. See, I get it. I yeah. get it enough. <laughs> I get, I sw- you know. All right. So um, if you want to be a part of the program, see, we are, we've got, we're already cooking with gas here. We're, we've got, we've got, um, we got still uh, about 40 minutes to go if you want to call the show and 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 get on with this you're you're not going to get this this is like uh uh you know tag team uh this is like who's the the hacksaw brothers I'm trying to think of some old WWF tag team ref- references uh maybe my listeners could help me out with that but we, we we've got you know 
and and look, I had two therapists as a parent, so I can kind of do this too. So you got a th- you know you you got three people ready to to uh, help help you, or maybe you know somebody, maybe you have a friend who has these problems. If if you want to keep it uh, anonymous, seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. But even if if people are too shy, we've got anonymous. We're, how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got nine submissions for mm. different questions for, wow. for you guys. So we won't even get through all these. Mm. You you ready for the first one? Mm. Yes. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna kind of paraphrase this because I don't I don't want I you know assured my my listeners that this would be um uh, anonymous. So I'm not even gonna read them directly. I'm gonna just paraphrase. Okay, so this person uh they post pandemic started dating they uh they went out on a couple dates and then they went and then they found somebody that they are um all uh kind of goo goo gaga about it's been about a month um but they're sh- certain that they love this person they say should should i tell someone i just met a month ago that I love them. Mm. I, I, I say no, fuck. <laughs> it's no, okay. no way, no way, no way, no way, no way. And um, I also think that person, this is what I would say if that person was on my show, I'd say that there's something that you need in you that like, you need to lock this up. You need to feel like this is a done deal. I would question why why you need to express that so quickly and how you think you know that so quickly and i would just say take your you know slow wait i agree and the marriages that last the longest um with fewer percentage of divorce are the ones where the couple uh, uh, spent the longest getting to know each other mm-hmm. a year or two because um, right at the beginning, both sides are trying to show the, the very best per- part of themselves. Mm-hmm. They hide the negatives. And only down the road, six months later, do the negatives start showing up. Mm-hmm. And, and then you've got to be able to uh, figure out, can you resolve those issues? Um, because if you can, it's better to, to separate before you get married and then have to divorce. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I think yeah, and I I think Dr. Lisa, you you kind of were saying something. I was thinking, I would ask this person why why do you feel this pressure to mm. to tell this person you I mean you know I don't want to get too philosophical, but what is love like? Why do you have to say this thing? I love you. Why why is there where is that impulse coming from? Yeah, what, and what do they want from that? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right, next one. Um, this person is is already back working. Uh, they they got brought back into the into the office, and they have a new coworker um, that keeps saying really uh, hurtful hurtful things, mm. uh, like in in the guise of, "Oh, I'm just joking. <clears throat> this it's comedy," you know. But they, you know, they they make hurtful comments on this person's appearance, um, 
and and just you know are doing this comedy routine, uh, but but really hurting hurting this listener's feelings, you know, um, and they wonder uh, should I should I you know give it, dish it back to this person? Should I talk to HR? How, how should I go go about this? It, it's it's like a it seems like this is bordering on 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 workplace bullying here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a complicated uh, question. Yeah. Um, the first thought that comes to mind is, you know, there's a story about the Buddha who was visited so often by wonderful people. They'd compliment him and bow and, and so on. But one day, this guy came in and he said, you fat slob sitting there like a, <laughs> you know, and, and he went on for about 20 minutes with all this <laughs> negative stuff criticizing the Buddha. Well, the Buddha just sat there and listened. He's very aware. I'm sure he's aware. He felt like punching him, kicking him, call the guards, whatever. But he didn't do any of that. He just listened. And then he said, by the way, could I ask you a question? The guy said, yeah, sure. What? And he says, well, imagine I have a really nice present here all wrapped up, and I offered you the present, but you refused to take it. Now, who would that present belong to? And the guy says, duh, if I don't accept it wouldn't belong to me, it belonged to you. And the Buddha says, you're right. He says, now you've come in here and you've offered me all this abuse, all this negative stuff and everything, but if I don't accept it, who does it belong to? So that's a beautiful truth about how if we can master that uh, and not let anything like that affect you, you just notice it and then say, yeah, but that's not about me, it's whatever you say. That's that's mm. one that's one strategy. I don't mean to imply that you should passively always accept a bunch of abuse because mm-hmm. we do need to stand up in a healthy way and protect ourselves. And that may be where you'd want to talk to the guy and say, "Hey, man, it kind of hurts my feelings sometimes when you say that." And can we? Or you can, if he won't listen to that, you go to the, uh, to the HR to HR and get some help. And so, HR sucks, though, man. Have you mm. ever? Yeah, I've, I I didn't know even know what HR was because I've worked in, in like a restaurant uh, business, and then when I started teaching and, and started kind of working more of what do you call that a white collar job, mm-hmm. I uh, I familiarized myself with HR. And well, it's they, not they vary a lot from yeah, business to business. It's hard to even. All right, that's a more nuanced thing. I yeah. just <laughs> yeah. I've never met an HR person that I was like could trust. No, me either. Um, so it's really funny listening to Doctor Dad because I can see why he makes the big bucks. Okay. <laughs> because and his training because he just said in the most beautiful, eloquent uh, way exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, in a story that I would never have been able to muster. But um, uh, 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 anyway, what, what I was thinking was that um, that person, the harasser, ha- is maybe jealous or something. It's probably not even personal. That that person is extremely annoying, passive aggressive, trying to get take their anger out on this person. And if that person just... I would say do not make yourself vulnerable in any way. And and that's by 
showing any emotion. Don't don't show any emotion to this person. Don't but don't also don't let them know that you're not showing them any emotion. So I would be civil and completely neutral to them. And then eventually they will move on. My guess, they will move on to somebody else because they're not getting what they want from you. Any reaction from you uh, is going to be a big green light to them. Yes, I agree. And the other example that many of us remember was when Obama was giving a state of the nation speech in Congress. And this guy from, I think, South Carolina yelled out, everybody could hear it, you lie, mm-hmm. he said. And Obama heard it. He looked over at him, and then he just sh- shrugged his left shoulder. didn't affect him at all, just kept right on mm-hmm. talking. Um, you could imagine what Trump would have done. <laughs> he would have left the podium and started screaming back at the guy. See, well, which way is the most dignified way mm-hmm. to do it? Obviously, the Obama way, yes. Dr. Dad, can you get up on that mic just a little bit more? Sure. I think that will be better. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, All right, we we ready for for another one? Mm -hmm. This is is good. You guys are are just knocking these out of the park. My research team said uh, for Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage uh, for a, a tag team example, well, they were both their own wrestlers did they get together and and tag team at some point because i remember you know i don't watch professional wrestling now but when in the uh in the 80s i was i was pretty big into it i i went on this bleacher report thing and they said the greatest tag team um uh duo of all time was the road warriors so we've i guess we've got the road warriors uh here (laughs) Hmm. um all right what's uh okay. This one's a long one, but basically this this person and in this kind of we did a whole show. This is you when if you've heard Dr. Lisa before on my show, she was on the two part how the internet has changed us um thing that I did uh in February. This kind of harkens back to to that one. Um Basically, this person thinks that their family member uh, might be going down the QAnon uh, rabbit hole, and they're they're worried ab- about them. Their their whole kind of belief system has changed over the past uh, six months to a year, and um, they the the family member is very confrontational. And they don't they don't know what to do. How to how to uh, do they engage that stuff? Do they just leave the 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 kind of crazy conspiracy stuff off the table and just continue to interact with their family member um, on you know other to- other safe topics? What what do we do when we we lose somebody to the conspiracy world? That's complex. Yeah. Um, you want to sl- <laughs> Dr. Dad's pointing at me to go first. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm pro- I, that is really complex. This is what I would say, because I want to hear what you say, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Dad. Um, what I would say is that I think the QAnon uh, uh, thing is a very, that's like, I think it falls into the category of an addiction. Mm. I think it's like somebody who doesn't, who who is never going to understand that they have a problem until they recognize it in themselves. And 
uh, QAnon is a problem just like any, like, you know, any other addiction, gambling, food, anything like that. So what I would be wondering about is what the problem behind that is. Like, are they having uh, stress with a, with uh, their family at home or something else and try to figure out how to support that? I would also say to this person that there's not really a whole lot you can do and uh, try to have compassion and tolerance. Now, what's the real? Now, what no. what would you? What's the real answer, Doctor? No, Dad? No, I agree with that one exact completely. And what Ooh. I would what I would add is that all these uh, people that have these uh, beliefs that are false and uh, so on, it's based in fear. Mm. And, and the one example that I uh, like to give people is it's a, it's a true story, and I remember this very clearly. I was about two and a half or three years old. We were in the bedroom. I'm, I'm the firstborn, and so Dad walks over to Mom, puts his arms around her, and starts to just hug her. And I look up, and I go, <gasps> and I run and get between them and start reach up. I reach up and pound on my dad's knees and say, no, get away from her, get away from her. <laughs> and and um, because when I look back and try to understand it, it's we're all born with an... Um, us good them bad mm-hmm. dichotomy and in my world mom and me good dad outside coming bad danger 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 and my mom speaking of agreeing with you is compassionately reached down and said honey he he loves us he's our he's your daddy he loves me he's not about to hurt me he's a really good man and i remember oh. going Oh, okay. And from that point on, he was us good, dad good, mom good, I'm good. And so my my circle increased. Now, when people are racially prejudiced or they have a belief that this, that, and the other is out there, that's because they haven't opened up that boundary enough to let other people in of different cultures, different religions, different skin color. And so there's us good, them bad. and, and, And so if you can help that person we're talking about to have a compassionate acceptance of other people that fear will go away and i, I think that's the basic reason mm. yeah mm. once again the story brought me almost to tears <laughs> and i'll talk about freudian you said my dad had the freud thing that's that's a very freudian <laughs> uh right um story yeah. Right? Yeah. right yeah yeah beautiful that's yeah. really yeah all right, let's um, let's do a little music break here. Um, this is I've been um, jamming on Can. You ever you know Can the band Can? Uh, um, no. Well, uh, maybe I, I don't know. I I, uh, I I'm not even asking Doctor Dad. He Doctor <laughs> Dad used to take me to shows though and stand oh. in, stand in the back like oh. I I can't believe he would just. There was this place in Norfolk, the Boathouse, and he would take me to go see shows and just. He'd stand in the back for two hours just just so I could uh, go mosh. And stay safe. He really yeah. is a good dad, yeah. huh? He is. He is. Um, all right. So, yeah, Can is this, like, hipster band. I don't know. They're, like, French or German or something. Everybody who's cool loves Can. And I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get into Can. And I'm, I'm doing a good job. So here's a, li- a little Can. This is off their album. I don't even know how to say this. Egg Bamyasi is the album. 
This song's called I'm So Green. We'll just hear a little bit of that and come back with Dr. Dad and Dr. Lisa. If you want, you, you want to call in during this music break, 718-673-8201. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, and this is Can. I've been uh I've been going on on uh, these runs, started started running and uh, that song I'm so green came on and I it gave me a little uh, extra juice so I wanted to share that w- with with you guys how how are we doing we still good yeah yeah this was interesting yeah, yeah I'm yeah. learning so much oh. about music too can yeah. is good can yeah um all right. Here, here's a. This one's crazy. You guys ready for this? I think mm-hmm. so. Um, all right. So basically, this is from a parent who um, who has a a kid in college, and um, the, the kid during um, during one of their breaks uh, came came home from college, and um, I guess the parent knew that that the kid um, smokes uh, pot and, and the, the parent, um, you know, has dabbled with that stuff before. And so the, the parent uh, decided, all right, fine, let's, uh, let's, let's smoke a joint together. Okay. And, and then, uh, you know, they, they live in a place where this is, is legal, uh, a state where this is legal. So there's not, there's not a, an illegal situation here. Um, and the, the, the child is over 18. But now this kid, this college kid, all they want to do is, is smoke pot with, with this parent. It keeps saying, when, when are we going to, uh, when are we going to toke it up again? Hmm. Um, well, you know, that was so, so much fun. Uh, and, and this, this person just doesn't know whether, uh, that that would be okay to to keep continue it, you know it was a one time thing as far as they're concerned this kid just wants to you know do a Cheech and Chong movie with with, <laughs> with their with their uh, parent what do we think about this I think you think I I, Go first. I, I really <laughs> okay well um 
So I have a, a stepson who's, you know, I have a stepson. I like to smoke pot a lot. My stepson has found that out. Um, but my stepson is a, you know, full-blown adult now. He's married and stuff. But I still feel, when he was younger, and I still feel this way, that there's a boundary that I just don't, I don't want to be his friend. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing, so I think that was a big mistake, personally. But... um Besides that, I don't really have a clear idea. I want to hear what Dr. Dad, who's a real dad, talk about how you pull that back. I think, or you you agree that was a boundary. Mm-hmm. What's your feeling? I want to know what Dr. Dad says. Yeah, well, my, my thought would be, many thoughts, but one would be to say, um, listen, um, I, let, let's do more, th- let's, Let's do other things to deepen to deepen deepen our relationship. Let's do this together. Let's do that. We don't want to just stuck in one, staying stuck mm-hmm. in one thing. That would be one kind of way to kind of try to balance it out. And it's also important to understand that people can get addicted to anything. You can mm-hmm. get addicted to gambling, to pornography. You can, and, and those addictions really can ruin your life. Yeah. And, and so if if there um, college um, son or daughter's having uh, an addiction problem with it, well, that needs to be addressed mm-hmm. honestly and mm. uh, help them to understand and, and pull through that. I yeah. want to, oh, I have Go a question. Um, I wanted to know what you thought about the parents smoking pot with the kid. Like, what, what, do you, what, what do you, what's your thoughts on that? Well, this isn't a kid anymore. This is an adult. Well, Okay, I mean, parent, is, well, okay, yes, right. I agree. Um, I mean... And, and it's a tough question because in, as you do it, you're going to be legitimizing what they're doing, and that's a, that's another whole question yeah. about whether mm-hmm. that's a wise thing to do uh, or not. Um, so, it's, it, yeah, it, it's it's a difficult question. And there, there are studies that seem to show that uh, marijuana can have a very negative on young people, especially mm. very negative effect. I have one patient who went off, very brainy guy, went off to college, uh, started smoking, and had a total psychotic breakdown. Mm-hmm. And it it appeared that he had gone into schizophrenia. I'm not saying that it caused that, but at least it he might have had it yeah. anyway. But it brought it on. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, it's interesting because. You know, all these norms with with uh, with pot have, have really changed really rapidly over mm-hmm. over the past decade or so, or so. You know, and and as it's becoming, uh, you know, I, I saw that uh, uh, Chuck Schumer is going to put forth a bill to to decriminalize it uh, federally, and I think that that's great, and I think that we need to, you know, I think we're kind of in the dark ages, and also especially with the you know the dichotomy between you, you could totally have have a f- couple drinks with your mm. kid and be no problem but you know but with that said man some of this a lot of it uh this pot nowadays is so strong mm. it's not like uh having a you know people you say mm. oh it's same as, as drinking a, a beer I, i'd rather smoke a joint some of this stuff you know because they try to pack such a big punch you have uh, two hits of this stuff, and you're, it is like a psychedelic uh, experience. So hopefully, you know, if if we can kind of kind of normalize this stuff a little bit more, we can get some pot that's not like gonna send you into uh, you know 
<laughs> a, a psychotic break as as this this guy was you know you know you don't know what you're you're smoking if it if it was like at a, a shop where it'd be like okay i have anxiety um predispositions to anxiety what's what's like the uh miller light version of the, the right. pot that you guys have you know um very interesting thank you uh thank you listener for that that one that is uh, that's wild. Okay, here here we go. And this this kind of uh, hits hits home here uh, for me. Um, this person has a a, a partner, a romantic partner, maybe a, a spouse. Um, they didn't make that clear. Um, that they want to accept in in all their shapes and forms, but is. Um, very overweight and this this partner wants to get their um their partner to to uh they're they're worried about their partner's health um while still wanting to accept um you know all their their flaws but they're they're wondering is there is how do i go about uh telling my uh my spouse to uh to uh, to to lose some weight that's endangering their health without seeming uh, mm. you know mean mean or <laughs> or unaccepting or mm. you know callous mm-hmm. wow complicated and this reminds me of of you know the talk about addiction where it's like in in some ways you would say well this this is uh this person needs to do it themselves. But is there any any way for this person to go about encouraging or or helping their their partner to to maybe make a health health lifestyle change? Yeah, you, that's you that's want, a tough one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. You, you, you go first. You go first. All right. Well, I, I think getting to understand the person's attitude towards themselves and their overweight. Are they embarrassed that they're overweight? Are they do they feel embarrassed if someone criticizes mm-hmm. them for being overweight? Are they worried about their health? In other words, figure out what what this what psychological connections they have to their relationship with food and overeating and so on. And then once you understand that, then you can, um, uh, without as much potential danger emotionally, you can support them in um, in uh, those. With those motivations, let's mm. say they they want to live to be a, an old person and so on, and they're worried about they're going to die soon if they don't get their weight down. Well, then you could you could emphasize how important it is. Yes, I agree with that. Let's get your cholesterol. Let's see where you are. Let's switch your blood pressure. Let me mm-hmm. help try to help you and so on. And then you're in a sense joining with them, and they don't feel like you're attacking them for being an ugly fat, <laughs> you know person uh-huh. and uh so th- those kind of strategies i think would uh would would be sort of an underlying basis for some some way to ways to approach it mm-hmm. it's a complicated yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and just just to be clear um i said that this was similar to to my situation i was the uh, overweight uh person not not my wife uh mm-hmm. just to make that clear i'm not a uh, anyway um so how did you handle it? Or what uh, do you mean? Well, I just said that, you know, I, 
My my wife was was supportive, um, and she. I guess it's kind of similar to what Doctor Dad said, where it was like I knew that I was. Um, I knew I was overweight. I didn't feel good, um, and um, my wife was very supportive of of me, just however I was. But then she also said, you know. I don't want you to die, you know. Mm. And it, well, I think what what is helpful is you you know you, Doctor Dad, you said let's let's get the cholesterol checked. It was it was inarguable because my my doctor said, mm. hey, you can keep going on the way that you're you're living, but you might die of a heart attack at mm. age sixty. So yeah. with that fact from a medical professional, mm-hmm. it was like. Look, so she encouraged you to go see a doctor then, or. What was uh, that part of it? Well, I had gone to. I had mentioned that my doctor said that, oh, and so I she see, had that. Uh, oh, that helps. You know, yeah, she had. Well, that. that's a good strategy. Get the guy to go to a doctor. Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought of what Doctor Dad said, but that is great. Great way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like very. I mean, that's just a great way to think about it. Which I didn't. What? What? The only thing I could could think of to add to that is that um, it is really hard to change somebody's if they, you know, they have to recognize it and stuff. But um, I would try to make sure that I wasn't, like that I was eating healthy and I wasn't bringing ice cream into the Mm -hmm. house and stuff like that. You can Mm -hmm. only model the, you can model the behavior. Don't, don't be hypocritical. That's all (laughs) I can say. Yeah. And and if you can share your own struggles with, Mm -hmm. say, you know, I used to, I used to do this and that, and this was, this was what really helped me to Mm -hmm. to not overeat like I used to. And I lost 20 pounds. Yeah. so you can sort of empathize and share your own. Yeah. So so they feel like you're with them in the struggle. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, they talk about like uh, I statements, right? And how you feel. So like, so the, the partner could say like, uh, you know, it makes me feel, mm. it makes me afraid that mm. uh, you, your health uh, situation makes me afraid for the future. Right. Mm. right? And it, put it. Mm. like yeah because and saying that you're saying you care for them you want to want them to live yeah dr dad this is from a a listener dr dad are you ever going to (laughs) retire i tell i joke when people ask me i say i'm I'm working till i'm 98 and uh (laughs) Because I I do enjoy what I'm doing, I, I may cut back some. I've already I've already reduced uh, two days. I work uh, when, uh, Wednesday and Friday, just half days, and uh, but I I just the thought of re- and then, by the way, anyone that's my age um, is thinking about retirement, man, you better get ready because it's a it's a developmental struggle to move from you know knowing what your what your identity is and um, so on and suddenly you stop that and you're going to go well what do I do now who am i what and so we have to be ready to to retire it's it's a it's a growth it's a it's, it, and i even gave a whole speech one time to this group of people on the struggles to successfully retire mm, um, mm. so you know, um, I'm going to say that Dr. Dad is like an incredibly healthy guy for whatever age group. I, I mean, in his age group, whatever that is. And uh, I'm going to say that I bet your 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 practice nourishes you. 
and yes, keeps you does. healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. It's a it's intellectually challenging. I'm always reading stuff. Um, I'm, I'm connected. My wife's a therapist, so we talk about that. And, and I'm in a men's group. Most of us are therapists, and we share our stories uh, with each other. So it's it's a way of life. And mm-hmm. so to give that up would would feel like a loss. Yeah, it's really an art. In, in the way that you're describing. And I think, I don't think it's always an art, but it sounds like it's like an art in the sense that, you know, you have an emotional connection to your practice like an artist. Right. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm. Yep. Well, we got to start wrapping it up and get ready for Crime Talk BK next. Thank you, Dr. Lisa, and thank you so much to my my dad, your doctor, Dr. Dad. Mm. Um, both, both, uh, you know, awesome parts of Race to the Bottom. I love whenever either of you are are part of the show. Um, I Just for my two cents, I will say, uh, as the child of therapists, it's, you know, it's not, it wasn't always easy, you know. It's not ever easy. easy, uh, Life is never easy. But I will say this. Therapy therapy works if you find the right, uh, the right therapist. Right. And if if you are having uh, a a tough time getting through life, um, reach out, and you might not like the first therapist that you you meet with or mm-hmm. the second, right. but when you find somebody that that really clicks with you, you can really uh, do some good work. Yes, right. I agree. Oh, oh yeah, I agree mm. too. Yeah. So. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for all those excellent questions. I'm, I apologize if we didn't get to yours. And I know Dr. Dad had this whole uh, list of, of uh, philosophical concepts he wanted to get to. We're going to have to do that next time. Next year. <laughs> next year, yeah. Um, Crime Talk BK is next. Get those medical braces. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to end with uh, one of my dad's uh, – favorite songs this is um he he told me this is by request not today you told me Mm. this about a month ago that Mm. you love this song bells of harlem oh right yes Yes, what do you what do you love about this song oh it's so soothing and uh it helps you imagine the world is opening up to you and it's a good place it's a very nice song yeah this so this is from uh the dave rollins machine who is uh gillian welsh's uh partner who we we played some gillian welsh last last week on the show uh by request by um scott bunn we got tom demena on this on the show i think if all if all goes well next week and um have a wonderful week thank you again to dr lisa and dr dad you're listening to radio free brooklyn this has been race to the bottom i'm john reed and yeah take care Bye-bye. Look at the world. It's waking up. I couldn't sleep for dreaming. My weary soul is finally home I had the strangest feeling This is the dawn The break of day 